What's up, people? It's another episode of The Mindful CEO. Hello, Aaron. Hey, seems like we've been forever since we did this. <laughs> but it ha- we, we our last episode was Cotty Wample, which really was not that long ago. It was like two weeks ago. Okay, fine. So every other week. Okay, but, fine. You know, when you're in the vortex of things, like, what is time? What is time? What and is that's what we... Time? So we wanted to talk about. So great episode, everybody. That was really useful. There you go. What <laughs> is our episode? And yeah. scene. Yeah, exactly. Uh, manifesting. Oh We're going to talk manifesting. Let's set this up because you you were listening to. Yeah. What was it? I, I was, yeah, I love free, Freakonomics Radio. I love Freakonomics. Yeah. I love the books. I love them. I think they're awesome. Shout out um, to Freakonomics. Big shout out, despite the fact that they have Rocket Mortgage as a sponsor, which is <laughs> an absurd value proposition. But um, other than that, I just think they're great. A great listen. I love it. It's And they have a, uh, what do you call it, a spinoff show yeah. called No Stupid Questions, mm. where the two hosts go through Questions they they engage authentically, not unlike this, really sort of not not scripted, and they certainly do more prep work than we do, which would be just a super low fucking bar, <laughs> really <laughs> low bar. Um, but they, you know, but it's not quite a full on cottywomple, but it's you know, yeah, it's yeah. a it's enough that it's it's you know uh, an authentic expression of something. And the question they were tackling was: Is manifestation real? Mm. Can you really manifest? And, you know, it was 15 minutes. It was, this is not some deep Freakonomics 60 minute dive into all the science and anything about it. So they didn't touch it. And a couple of things struck me about it that I wanted to, I thought were discussion worthy. One is just the topic is great. I mean, is it real? Um, And can you, and how can you? And this, one of the things that I thought was interesting was, um, it was new to them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, it, there was sort of an element of there's this book called The Secret and it sold 7 billion copies and it's really popular and da da da. Like, speaking to people who had never heard of The Secret. Mm-hmm. And in my view, in my life, when I look at my life, I don't, I don't think. I don't think I have people in my life that don't know what the secret is. I don't know that everyone and I know believes it or uses it or is, you know, right, you know, right. we recently came out of the closet as woo woo. So I don't, you know, I don't know that everybody is talking about it or using it or thinking about it, but I don't know people that it would be like, did you hear there's this book called right, the secret? Right. And they weren't quite like that, but there was that element. There was that quality to it. And I thought that's interesting hmm. that, um, maybe on the spectrum of where we are in, you know, the, the idea of co- crossing the chasm, you know, that yeah. any, so for anyone who's not familiar with that book or that idea of crossing the chasm, the introduction of any new technology or any new thinking has a life cycle to it. And it's, uh, you know, there's the early adopters, the people that will try everything and anything that's new because it's new. It could even take more work. It could even be harder or more expensive, but these people try new things. Yeah. And they love them and they use them and they, you know, and it takes enough and it takes enough of those people to build up because there's a chasm between those people, the early adopters and mainstream life, the rest of the bell curve. Mm-hmm. Right. If you pictured ado- adoption as a bell curve, 
the the left hand side of the curve they are the early adopters and then there's a chasm yeah and it takes a couple of people on in mainstream to see look over and look to see what the early adopters are doing until you build up so you need those people and i forgot what those people are called those first early majority early majority yeah like those people need to be enrolled and um and there's a chasm there so any new technology faces that uh, a challenge of getting across that chasm um reminds me of that interesting uh it's now interesting or it's interesting in this context video you ever see there's a guy dancing at a music festival yeah 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 you've seen that video yeah it looks like the gorge but yeah yeah, it's yeah somewhere right. He's on a hill and he's dancing, yeah. and he's just wildly drunkenly or going for it. Not maybe not drunken, maybe just stoned, or maybe just dancing. Who knows? Right? I don't want to. I don't want to impose how I would be <laughs> on him. Okay, yeah, but, he's but he's dancing, and yeah. you know, and he's dancing alone. He's dancing alone, and it's cool. It's just look at this weird guy, and then a second person comes over and starts dancing with him, and. Nothing really changes. It's just two people now dancing. But as soon as the third person goes over and joins him mm-hmm. in rapid succession, mm-hmm. it winds up being mm-hmm. everyone around him is this huge scene of dancing. And it's the third person that makes the difference. Wow. Um, but you don't get to a third person without a second. But it was a really interesting sort of uh, visualization or uh, a way of seeing the chasm, crossing the chasm work. Right. One person doesn't do it. Two people don't do it, but enough people on that side and some people leap over yep. all of a sudden yep. the thing gets a groundswell. Ooh. Oh, mm, extra credit. Way to use groundswell in a sentence. That's, be- that's beautiful. <laughs> that's right. Thanks for tuning in everybody. That's it. And uh, scene. <laughs> um, and it got me thinking about, I, you know, we came out of the, closet on being woo woo last year sometime but it's not like that was the first time we've ever engaged in being woo woo we just been embarrassed about it or you know like yeah embarrassed about it. let's just keep it that um but i sort of feel like manifestation is in late stage Right, right. You know, it's already it's, moved through the bell it's, curve. Like, it's already moved through the bell curve. I mean like who doesn't deal with manifestation but that Freakonomics is is speaking about it like, yeah. Is this real? It struck me like maybe mm. my experience of the bell curve is off. That maybe I'm such an early adopter mm-hmm. that I've been engaged with it so long that I'm misjudged where everyone else is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right. I I think that. Um... There's multiple thoughts. One is there's bell curve inside the bell curve. Ooh. There's a early and late majority of early adopters. Ooh, the you double know, bell curve. Laggard early adopters, laggard early adopters, you know. The uh, double bell curve. Nice. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, when I really think about it, I think like, you know, there's a lot of population in places, at third world countries don't have the internet. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what. Like, I just think my world that I live in my bubble is the way it all is everywhere. Right. And for that matter, I'm so um, clear that who I'm work, who I'm looking for are those who already see what I see. I mean, I'm looking for those who already right. believe manifestation is a thing and, and practice it. And, you know, I don't need to convince anybody that. So, so of course my world has been built around 
those with a similar perspective, but. Right. People like us do things like this and you naturally, I mean, just even from, she says the actual law of attraction perspective, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you were going to totally. you know, double reference it, it would right. be that naturally we would be surrounded by people who do that. We're not particularly interested in, Yeah, uh, we have, I haven't really engaged in, you know, creating opportunities for people who don't know what manifestation is to find out what manifestation is that, although that, it, you know, when they said that manifestation had 8 billion hits on the hashtag, I don't for Instagram. I'm a boomer. So I, I don't know what that means. You're Gen X, bro. You're not a boomer. I am actually the last year of boomers. What? No way. Oh, it's that weird. explains so much to me. <laughs> Get the fuck off my lawn, bitch. <laughs> I am great. boomer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What comes after me, Gen X? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like towards the end of Gen X. Jenny is Gen Y, I believe. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, okay. Um, you're all millennials. Okay. Just to be clear, everyone <laughs> after me is a millennial. I don't have anything else to say about it. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, we're talking about. I want to acknowledge your dexterity with technology and AI, though. It's yeah, boom. thank like, you. you are, yeah, thank you. you. Are just, thank you. Uh, early adopter neuro, neuroplasticity um someone posted I, I forget what it was but if austin powers yeah. was made today yeah or the timeline for austin powers was yeah, i gotta read it to you because we were talking about time and the madness of time right right I, I, I love this i hated this but i loved it um where is it oh no uh Oh, if, if the movie had taken place on the same time scale, but had been released today, hmm. Austin Powers would have been frozen in 1994. Wow. What? 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 That's, yeah. What? What? So, yeah. fuck that all y'all. That's, that trips you out, right? That's like, that's how little in yeah. reality you and I are. That's, that's how like what people touch. say 1960 is closer or 2060 yes. is closer than, you know, whatever. 1917, right? 19, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what? Which I can't, the math is just, but anyway, but that's like messed up. Anyway. Um, so there you go. It, I want to add, there was another thought that came up for me, which was yeah, yeah. Um, that the, uh, the idea that actually it came to me not as manifestation but as as mindfulness that mindfulness as an early adopter um idea um early adopters could say hey i can i can get access to more flow if i practice mindfulness and i'm an early adopter who's leaning into you know altered states to try to enhance my performance and the rest of the world doesn't do that but i do it and then and then mindfulness becomes so popular that People in the early and late majority are using mindfulness because it's just more efficient and economical to be mindful than it is to not. So the the idea of mindfulness moving through the the bell curve, right? You could use the same idea with manifestation. That manifestation was a was an early adopter concept, and then later on that begin it becomes adopted by the early and late majority. Um. Anyway, I just thought that was uh, well. Is it is, so? It's interesting. I don't. Not sure what you're saying, but this is what I heard in what you said. So, but l- yeah. tell me if this is the point you were trying to make, because I don't know what the point you're trying to make is. Um, uh, the utility of something being pushes it into like if something becomes useful in a new way, 
it goes through that same bell curve. Yeah. Like my mindfulness has been around since the Buddha. So let's not, there's no, there are no early adopters of mindfulness left. There just aren't, but mindfulness has been around for centuries. So you can't say you're an early adopter of mindfulness. You could say you're an early adopter of mindfulness is using mindfulness or practicing mindfulness as an access to proficiency in sure business or the, its application to as an Absolutely. antidote to the hustle culture because hustle culture isn't centuries old and if you were going to you know provide look for something there but then mindfulness then shows up as there's a new bell curve for mindfulness is that what you were trying to or is that just a new thought <laughs> i'm not even sure anymore what my point was i feel like we are okay. talking about <clears throat> the bell curve and early adopters and <clears throat> how manifestation is a um you know, like we're kind of scratching our head, like do hasn't manifestation like touched everyone in the world? Like, is it really, you know, like why are they, why is Freakonomics who are very intelligent, how are they talking about this? Like they've never heard it before. Right. Uh, And there was a little bit of that, especially because it does seem like there's actual now science, right? I'm going to use words that I don't quite know what they mean, but I think they point in the direction quantum entanglement Sure, is sure. Yeah. a phenomenon that demonstrates the uh, the possibility yeah. of manifestation of that what you think about changes reality that Einstein was very clear we're all yeah. just vibrations right right that's these are not yeah. you know Einstein's not as old as the Buddha but it's certainly hardly like oh here's a new idea we're all vibrations I mean that's Right. You know, and um, so those, but but it could be that you know, I mean, I, so it's interesting. I am sure there are people in the middle of wherever, right? I always think the middle of America, but it could be middle of any, you know, like sure. you were saying. Without this, con- <laughs> always makes me think of the elite in the Hunger Games. Like I'm one of the, like, <laughs> yeah. the people, the you know, the the people in the um. Anyway, in the capital, yeah, the capital. Right. But there are people that don't just don't engage with this on a regular basis. And so quantum entanglement isn't something that they I mean, I'm not familiar with it enough to know what it is or be able to talk about it in any real way other than I know that it exists and it has something to do with particles behave differently when observed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, that's, I guess, enough to be dangerous. But I yeah, but it does definitely imply that. Our attention creates reality, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and they were thinking about it as a much baser kind of conversation. I don't mean baser like less than. I mean baser like not the quantum entanglement side of it, yeah, but sure. just like, you know, you, writing your manifestations, what you're committed to three three times in the morning, six times in the afternoon, nine times at night. Mm. Like you, You've heard that practice, right, of writing what you're creating if uh, it's certainly not yeah, like some, yeah actually right, if right. mine has that three six nine book yeah that so but, but whatever writing your manifestations at all writing uh, none of that's like oh can't believe journaling shit that's a great idea um mm-hmm. and they were thinking about it like well of course if you have your goals written down and are dealing with them three times a day you're naturally going to act more consistent with fulfilling on those goals. Highly increases your likelihood of 
getting it, which is all completely accurate. This is great. It doesn't speak to the quantum entanglement woo woo side yeah. of, uh, of manifestation, but it does speak to, yeah, you know, that focus, the power of focused activity makes a difference, which is not a small part of manifestation. I mean, yeah. if you yeah. just thought about stuff and didn't act, it's hard. No one is sitting here saying you can just sit, meditate, and money shows up when you wake up. I mean, that's not, you know, it's yeah. the action that ignites the whole thing. Um, what stood out to you about, like, if you thought about our audience, you know, people who are tuning in because they like mindfulness, they would, they would, I would assume, know and understand the concept of manifestation. So what's the, what's the, 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 the point for them in in the whatever you got out of uh well yeah one is just to reflect on where you assume you are in the Mm. life cycle uh, of your own and of the people around you Mm -hmm. you know yeah um Mm. you know are you like you said i mean we all do i think default to a certain extent that our view of life for sure we all default to our view of life is life right Right. I mean, there's not one human being that doesn't look out and see things and think what they're seeing is an accurate reflection of reality. Yeah. And despite the complete and utter sham that that is, right? I mean, there's no what you, your view of life is not life. It is a hundred percent your view. Right. And, and you, I mean, you know it intuitively. You know, your view of life is not the same as, my view of life. So how could what you see be reality? Mm -hmm. Right. It's your reality. Right. So I think we all, but, but given that takes a a little bit of distinction to be able to see that. Yeah. Um, I think we think that everyone thinks of mindfulness the same way. Yeah. And it could be that, and, and it is that there is an entire scale and there are people for whom, mindfulness or manifestation or yeah. law of attraction or you know right. it doesn't show up on their radar as something to you know work yeah. with and so you know to assume that that's been played out right that was what i got out of it to assume that's yeah, been yeah, played so. out is yeah yeah could I, it be I, untapped i mean is this an indication that it's untapped I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, 8 billion people with the hashtag manifesting shows that it's not untapped. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting too, because if I take the conversation and ground it into the CEO side of this, um, mm-hmm. this conversation, the, um, we think about like hire, I was having this conversation the other day about hiring and how we hire, who we look for. We often put our job descriptions together and our, and our hiring process, looking for skill sets and experience and not looking for, um, belief structures, lenses, paradigms. And I, I think, you know, if you, if you as a CEO of your life, your business, whatever, really believe in manifestation, you have read the secret a million times, you know, like there is a, there is an operating system that you have to your life and your business. And then who you look for as an operational person or a VA or somebody is somebody who doesn't share that. Then, then you're, you're in, you could be putting oil and water together in the sense of like what's running your show is not what's running their show. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you're, you might be getting perf- performative 
efficiencies from them, but you have a misalignment of, of energy, <laughs> you know? So when you, when they're like, why we need to get this done, let's go, let's go. And you're like, Hey man, we're just going to flow. Let's just like lean into the good, en- the good vibe and get in the river and point our boat downstream and, <laughs> and it'll manifest. And people are, your team is like, what? Anyway. Yeah. If you, I mean, for sure, if you're not, clear about who you're what's important about who you're looking for yeah right that's the case so, so that brought all this show brought all that up yeah. for me i was like that's super interesting that i don't have you know and it was such a short episode and i and it really was also left a little i mean I, i'm gonna call them because i do think it's to especially because quantum entanglement exists mm-hmm. and i'd like to know more about it and i think freakonomics would have something fascinating to say about it because right. they could do that work and that's sort of what they get paid yeah. for yeah. you know yeah. i mean they yeah. get paid with my attention to do that and then right um love that to figure that there is a connection there i mean you know there, uh, um jamie gave me this great book i don't know if you remember jamie amadon but oh yeah, um, yeah. Quantum success. Oh, nice. Which I'm reading. And, uh, you know, it's quantum success. It really is. You know, the law of manifestation is the first chapter. And then there's. Wow. It's the law of, let's see. Huh. You know, it's, it is about this whole world of quantum entanglement. So there's the law of manifestation, the law of magnetism, the law of pure desire, the law of paradoxical intent, law of harmony, law of right action, law of expanding influence. And. I don't know. It's cool. The other thing that I I mean, I'm just, I'm just getting into it, but it's, you know, that's, that does come from that world of quantum physics, physics. Um, The other thing I thought was interesting in there is they did no work to investigate Joe Dispenza. Yeah. um, Who's, you know, a neuroscientist. This is not like some, he's not, you know, some, it's not some guy on a park bench. Right. You know, it's got right. actual data about what it what the brain does in terms of creating its reality. And, um, you know, and I think all of that. And so I think you asked me, like, how that ties into mindfulness. And, um, you know, I think we. When we. One of the ways it ties in is that it's. Takes a relatively strong mindful approach to stand in Mm-mm. seeing life the way it is right right i mean that is what we're doing when we're sitting is we're just experiencing life in the moment and just that you anyone watching listening that's practiced sitting knows mm. you got to practice sitting you can't, your mind will not shut off without practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, your mind will not just shut the F up and observe yeah. without practice. Yeah. It just won't. Yeah. And especially now that we're so, have so many easily accessible distractions where the brain is not interested mm. in stopping. Mm. You know, system two is not interested in. It's good, yeah giving over to system one and um so 
Yeah. And then there's, and then the opportunity it is to create gratitude. That's the other thing he didn't talk about, or they didn't talk about on the show was gratitude at all. And the access that gratitude is to manifestation. Yeah. I mean, it was a very cursory kind of conversation, but that's, you know, in the book I'm writing, I told you about this, right? The, The gratitude book is, um, I think I got it down to this idea of sort of looking at it from the title, right? Like trying to get a clickbaity worthy title, right? Like there's, I mean, we say clickbaity and, and it sounds derisive and I guess you are being derisive or contemptuous mm-hmm. when you say clickbaity, but you know, the best example of that that I ever heard was there's a big difference between outsourcing your business to make more free time as a title mm-hmm. and the four hour work week. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are just different books right. and they're the same fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> but if we, and are, is the, is, is the four hour work week clickbaity? I mean, it's definitely more click worthy. I mean, you, <laughs> I, if you, I, I bought the four hour work week and I don't think I would buy how to outsource your life and have more free time. I don't, Right. You know, right. Right. So <laughs> That's a whole other episode on it is constitutes the clickbait because I you know, right. I have thoughts about that. But yeah, no, I, I and I'm glad it was called the four hour work week because I read it and loved it. And I thought exactly. I, I, I picked it no up. Problem. So I was thinking about it. You know, there's there's um, a, a conversation in gratitude or in my view of what necessary for gratitude of choice. Yeah. And without choice, you don't really get any kind of say about gratitude without choice and the the world of choice you this we're now going in a whole separate well this is the access to manifesting really gratitude as an access to manifesting is right here so yeah but without choice you don't you get to be grateful whenever good shit happens right yeah 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 but you don't get to be grateful when bad things happen which means you have no power you are at the you're a leaf in the wind you just have to hope for or try to get good things to happen. And that's, you know, antithetical to manifesting, right? The opportunity of manifesting is and why, why Joe Dispenza say and Esther Hicks, and they talk about gratitude is the ultimate point of attraction Mm -hmm. because you're now your vibration of being grateful for the way it is in the moment is going to, if you can actually get the feeling of gratitude, rolling you have the opportunity to manifest more of that yeah I love that that yeah. feeling yeah. of being grateful and without choice you don't get it mm-hmm. and you know the opposite of choice is being a victim of something mm-hmm. you're either responsible or you're the victim i mean you don't really there's no other two ways to deal with it you're either at the effect or you're at cause mm-hmm. and cause is a function of choice. Mm-hmm. And I don't, th- so anyway, the, the titles, the working title in my head is stop whining, be grateful, kick ass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. nice. and that's where, you know, cause the stop whining part is the, is the choice part because I, yeah. you know, I can hear it now all over the places. People mm-hmm. relationship to things is. Yeah. You know, to complain. Yeah. 
That okay. feels like our next podcast episode. It does, right? We could definitely. Stop whining. What was it? Stop, Stop whining, whining. Be grateful. Be grateful. Kick ass. Kick ass. Each of, I, I love like, how each of those holds something too. Like, yes, exactly. Right. I mean, right, it's yeah. and it's, um, and it's. I was looking at it. It's not a Venn diagram, as much to my dismay. Oh, dang it! I know, but it is a step. But it is a step. Oh, good. All right. Well, that's a ladder. It's one, two, three. That's second best. Yeah. Right. You you've got to stop whining, <laughs> and then you then you have the opportunity to be grateful, which you must do, and then you get the opportunity to kick ass. And it's a, more like a cycle, frankly. It's you know now now that you've kicked ass, right? You've got to keep. Right. Not whining, right? Because there'll be new things to whine about. No, that's um, great. I love that. that all right. So anyway, but that's how that connects to manifestation. Yeah. So tune in next week for <laughs> thinking through, because I really have done a bunch of thinking about this and, and want to keep, I got to get it pounded out and yeah. you know, smoothed out because that's the, yeah, that's the thing. Um, love that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I love that. Well, I, we could stop here. I had another thought, but it might take us down another road. So maybe we save it for next time. But Okay, let's save it for next time. Oh, um, there's a cliffhanger. There's some clickbait. Click, click, it's a click invitation. There you go. <laughs> uh, those of you that want to learn more about the uh, the Mindful CEO community, don't forget to go to the mindfulceo.com forward slash invite. Um, pretty excited about that, Aaron. We're going to launch here pretty soon. Yeah, so, very excited. Um, y- y- there's just some real power in... Um, having others who are walking a similar path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, to your kind of to your point about like the uh, Freakonomics thing, like for years when I didn't have, when I heard smart people like Freakonomics type smart people talking about things that weren't addressing my woo woo beliefs, mm-hmm. I thought maybe I'm wrong for having these woo woo beliefs because right. smart people se- seem not to be talking about it. So maybe even though I watched The Secret in 2006, there was a, a, a lot yeah. of years where I heard smart people not talking about the things that were important to me, thinking maybe yeah. I'm not right. So there's some power in in hanging out with others who are, you know, early adopters like you are. And that's what we're doing at the Mindful CEO. So come hang out with us, themindfulceo.com forward slash invite. Yep. Yay. Join us. Kick ass, man. <laughs>